In John chapter 4, Jesus describes the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Verses 23 and 24. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Now for the next few minutes, stay tuned to worship in spirit and truth with Pastor Jeff Scoggin. Father in heaven, I pray that your spirit would be here to touch my lips and each of our hearts and our minds so that we will hear what you have to tell us this morning. As we prepare our hearts for this special event of communion, I pray that we would be very open to hearing you. In Jesus' name, amen. The Hatfields and the McCoys, in telling the story in past tense, it can actually be kind of entertaining. At the time, it was not entertaining. Devil Ants Hatfield, which was his nickname, and old Randall McCoy were at the head of it all. Fighting over a pig. And it may have even been a misunderstanding. And over the course of many years, if I recall correctly, maybe even 25 years, 13 people died. And people lived in fear the entire time. What a different life those two families could have had if someone had taken Jesus' advice in Matthew, that when you think someone might have something against you, that you should go to that person and be reconciled. Let's just read it. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 23. Matthew five twenty-three, the Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. You're familiar too with the verses in Ephesians 4 where he talks about the gifts that God gives each person for ministry. To some he gave to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers, and so on. God gives each person... Every one of you here have a gift that God has given to you to, that we are to fan into flame and to use for His honor and glory. But did you know that there is one ministry that God gives to all believers in addition to the gift of ministry that He's given you individually and specifically? There's one that He's given to all of us, and it's found... In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. To every believer, God has given 
this ministry. Now, reconciliation, that's a six-syllable big word. What does it mean? And when you get down to the bottom of it, reconciliation is all about making peace. Making peace. That is your assignment from God. One of your major assignments from God. And that's why Jesus said, if you're coming to worship at His altar... And there you remember that someone has something against you. Leave your gift at the altar. Go there. Be reconciled with your brother. So that your gift, presumably, so that your gift will be acceptable to God. Because if you are giving your gift, if you are offering your gift to God, while there is a problem in your relationship with another human being, there is something wrong there. Now note, it's interesting that Jesus does not say that if you have something against someone else, that you should go to that person that you are resenting. You notice that? He, he doesn't say that. He says that if you realize that someone else has something against you, then you should go to that person and in an effort to be reconciled. So when you think about it, that's really pretty extreme. We might expect Jesus to say, if you're holding a grudge against someone, the right thing to do is go to that person and be reconciled. That would, that would make sense. After all, a few verses later, he says, love your enemies. Okay? So shouldn't we step out and try to be reconciled with somebody we can't stand? But that's not what Jesus is telling us to do. He's not telling us to make peace with people we hate. Why not? Can you think of a place where Jesus says, make peace with people you hate? I can't. The reason he doesn't say that is because, to use Dietrich Bonhoeffer's words, our enemies are those who harbor hostility against us, not against those whom we cherish hostility. For Jesus refuses to reckon with such a possibility. Our enemies are not those whom we hate because Jesus does not even consider it an option that one of his disciples is going to cherish hostility against someone else. Got it? That sort of behavior is unloving and evil. For the Christian, our enemies are those who have something against us. And Jesus is telling us that we should try to be reconciled even to that person. The people of God will desire peace and unity so much that not only will we not hold something against someone else, that's a given, but when you or I, as a child of God, get the impression that someone is holding something against us, it is our job to go to that person and attempt reconciliation. Because every one of us has been given the ministry of reconciliation, of making peace. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus pronounced the famous words, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. He didn't say blessed are the peaceful. What he said is an action statement. As God's children, we not only are to have peace, we are to make it. How well we are doing 
at this as a direct indication of how much of God is in us and how much of the wickedness of the world remains in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 3. Paul. He, he wasn't always easy on his people, was he? You are still worldly, he says. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? And then another spot he says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. God does not want His people to live like the Hatfields and the McCoys. And yet we do very often. That's the way that the world without God lives. The world thinks that a stolen pig is a good enough reason to hate. And I hope that every one of us here respectfully disagrees. There is no good reason to hate. There is no good reason to criticize. There's not even a good reason to resent. Part of the ministry that God has given to each one of you and me is a ministry of reconciliation, a ministry of making peace. Today, in communion, we are, in a way, bringing our gift to the altar. And Jesus said, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Thank you for joining Pastor Jeff Scoggins today for Worship in Spirit and Truth. We would love to hear your thoughts about the program, and your financial support is also greatly appreciated so that we can continue bringing you these kinds of programs. Tell your friends they can find the program Spirit and Truth right here on this station. Stay tuned for contact information and more details from your local station to follow. Until next time, keep your mind fixed on Jesus. This is Pastor Jeff Scoggins. Thank you for listening to Spirit and Truth. 
Often listeners contact me or the station wanting to know how to get a copy of a specific program or more information. All of these programs are archived as podcasts, and many of them are on video as well. You can find relevant links at my website, www.scoggins.biz. You will also find books and Bible study resources there as well. So if you didn't get to hear one of these programs all the way through or missed one in a series, you can find it by visiting scoggins.biz. That's S-C-O-G-G-I-N-S dot B-I-Z.